Welcome to Creatively Christian, a podcast by Theophany Media, where we inspire, inform, educate, and empower creative Christians of all types. I'm one of your hosts, Brandon Hollingsworth. In this episode, Diana Winkler shares with Andrea how much music and testimony can bring healing to people. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the Creatively Christian Podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Sandifer, and today I am joined by Diana Winkler. Diana is a singer, a songwriter, a domestic violence advocate, and she is passionate about helping the church heal from abuse and especially uses her music to do that. So welcome, Diana. So good to have you on the podcast today. Oh, thanks for having me on the show now. I'm in the hot seat instead of you. <laughs> you yeah. had some fun on my podcast, so. <laughs> we did. I'm re- just returning the hot seat favor this morning. So, <laughs> yeah, so good to have you on. And I'm going to just have you share a little bit more about um, where you live, a little bit about your family life, and maybe some of your creative work highlights. Well, as Andrea said, um, my name is Diana Winkler, and my ministry is called DSW Ministries, uh, which has been around for 11 years. And I live in Arizona, where it's pretty hot most of the year, unlike Andrea, who lives yeah, polar in Alaska. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and my, my ministry, I'm primarily a singer-songwriter. Um, I am an abuse survivor, and I use my music as a healing tool in my ministry. So I became an abuse advocate, and I started leading groups called Mending the Soul, and they are they're groups for uh, healing from any kind of abuse or domestic violence or trauma. So I've been doing that for almost four years now, and I just started my podcast, The Wounds of the Faithful podcast, as a overflow from my my Mending the Soul groups, because I discovered that when the groups were over, because they're 16 weeks long, that they needed more. They needed more than uh, just those 16 weeks. They needed more encouragement, more resources, more connection. And so I decided to start a podcast because the pandemic, we can't go out anywhere um, with my music, we weren't allowed to do any gigs and like, well, what, what can we do? So I thought a podcast was a great idea because as a musician, I already had a lot of the tools to start a podcast. I have the microphone. I have a music studio that I'm in right now. We already know how to use audacity. I like people. I like talking And so it's kind of a natural fit for me. And so I basically help the church heal from abuse and trauma. And I feature my music and other people's Christian music on my show, which I featured Andrea's music on my show last time. And I am happily married to my musician husband, Brian, for 11 years now. We just had our anniversary on March 12th so oh happy anniversary thank you 
Well, again, thank you for being on today. And I'm excited to dig into these questions. Um, at Creatively Christian, we love to walk through our shows, inspiring, informing, educating, and then leaving everybody with a little bit of empowerment. So mm-hmm. I'm excited to dig in right away into inspiring everyone. So what did God use to show you the healing power of music? Like, how did he actually call you into using music as a healing tool? Well, that's a good question. I've always been a lover of music from a very early age. Now, I did not come from a musical family like most people would assume. I was involved with the arts my whole life. I was into dance. I was into the school plays. I was in choir. I didn't start formal voice training and piano until I was in college. One of the couples in my church heard me singing and encouraged me to take private lessons to take the natural talent to the next level. So uh, fast forward to when I went through my abusive first marriage, even if I didn't feel like praying or if I was mad at God, I always had music. It transcends barriers of all kinds, even personal ones that you put up. And when I got out of my abusive relationship, one of my music mentors told me, you know, you should have a platform to go along with your music. Somebody is always going to be a better singer or a better songwriter or a better piano player than you. Um, But no one can argue with you about your personal story which is very powerful. So I chose domestic violence, abuse, and trauma and started to write music about my personal experiences and those of others. And I found out really fast that abuse is not a sexy topic. (laughs) Nobody likes to talk about it, but with music, you can communicate really difficult topics like nothing else can. Yeah, I agree. It's really amazing. Um, if you really sit down and kind of listen to different songs out there, uh, art, the artists that have a way of weaving in different truths that are sometimes hard to talk about, those songs are powerful. Mm-hmm. And it almost, it gives us a way to share some of those um, harder topics and get people thinking. Yeah, awesome. And as you sit down and you craft lyrics, and then you craft your melodies, where do you draw your inspiration from? So right now, I would have to say my inspiration comes from the ladies in my Mending the Soul group. They are so brave, and what they've been through is so much, and they are so faithful, and they just blow my mind every every week that I meet with them. So that's one of the reasons why I'm so passionate about Mending the Soul is it, it changes lives. And so that's what God has called me to do. I'm also so inspired by other artists' creativity. Um, just listening to other other artists better than I am in certain skills or talents. And it just pushes me to be a better musician and to um, create more. <laughs> Why do you think just in general, you know, I know it's true in domestic violence situations, but in general, why do you think sharing 
our stories and our testimonies with others, that that can be such a help to one another? Why do you think that's so important? Well, sharing our stories, um, we, we discovered, of course, after, you know, the pandemic that we are not meant to be alone, not to be by ourselves. We need connection and that we are not alone because a lot of abuse victims, that's part of how abusers work is they isolate their victims. And with community and sharing our story, um, that takes the power away from the abuser and puts it out there into the universe, let's say. Um, If we shove it under the rug, shove our story under the rug, the, the trauma still has power over you. So just getting it off your chest is incredibly healing. It's really helpful to know that we're not alone if we, or just even the power of being able to have someone else listen and to affirm that that's not a normal thing. That's not a healthy thing. That's, um, you know, because I think a lot of us might be in a bit of denial about parts Mm -hmm. of our story too. And being able to share, again, that safe place to share, um, you know, and be listened to and understood. And it it is very empowering. Again, we're so good for each other, but. Oh, yeah. Well, they, they hear the other stories in the group Mm -hmm. and they bond very well together because, oh, well, this person went through the same thing that I did. Oh, now I have a friend. Now I have somebody to talk to that understands. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That understanding. Okay. Uh, Kind of shifting back to songwriting a little bit. (laughs) What styles of songs do you kind of feel naturally created to create? And how did you kind of discover that unique style? Well, I'll have to tell you, I went through an identity crisis with my music when I left my abuser. Okay. I was raised with a variety of really good music. I mean, my dad and my mom, uh, we pretty much listened to um, all kinds of different styles of music, different genres and well, good quality music. And when I started college, I was primarily, quote unquote, allowed to listen to classical music and sacred music, hymns, conservative Christian music. And I'm really good at that genre of music. And I I still enjoy it. But I love all kinds of music. And I discovered so many artists that, that were believers that wrote amazing music outside of my typical church music. And, you know, everybody said that, oh, you have to define, you have to define your specific genre or niche. Well, for me, it was really hard to choose one. And, you know, my husband, my current husband introduced me to blues. And wow, the rawness and the passion just really touched my heart. Like, oh, man, Um, people are sharing some really tough subjects and 
their music just rips you apart. And it, it seemed like it was a great match for um, my domestic violence ministry. And then I'm like, you know, getting interested in Christian progressive rock. And I had been familiar with that genre like Kansas or Sticks or um, Genesis, but um, I really got into it when we joined a progressive rock band and I was hooked. <laughs> and I had no idea how addicting and mesmerizing it would be. Uh, but it took a long time for me to be comfortable in my own skin with who I am as a musician. And I've pretty much found out through a long process that, hey, I create music for the Lord in whatever genre I feel led to express it in. And that's okay. I don't have to put myself in some box. So the short answer to your question is, <laughs> I would really like to try and create some more um, progressive Christian rock music, kind of similar to the Niels Morse band. And I would like to write some more blues music. Very fun. I love how <laughs> the shift in your your interests kind of it it happened over time and and even just when you were mentioning like when you dug started to dig into blues music, how you almost felt like this almost a natural connection. And I think that's really um that's striking as something to really pay attention to when we when we know our story, when we know our content. And uh, when we hear something um, like in, in this case, a music style that lends itself well to our, our story and our content, that's something fun to kind of pay attention to. So I look forward to hearing more from you in that genre. Um, yeah. And kind of digging into our education section now, kind of sticking on songwriting, when you first started kind of pursuing especially, you know, in the vein of helping your domestic violence um, survivors, when you started trying to record and, and share, what were some things you didn't know how to do that you kind of had to learn along the way? Oh boy, so much. <laughs> oh boy, so much. <laughs> well, I was taught to read music. Uh, my piano teachers and all growing up choir and stuff, they wanted us to learn to read sheet music. And that's a really great skill to have. Um, they would not let me play fake book style um, piano, which is, you know, you've got your chord charts and you play the melody with your right hand and you play the chord in the left side. And they called that cheating. And I it cheat wasn't all the time then. <laughs> it wasn't until <laughs> it wasn't until I had my my current um, my current piano teacher, um, Paul Ross, and he is um, now ninety four years old. Wow! And yes, and he still teaches piano music and plays for church. And um, amazing. When I started with him in two thousand, um, I told him that I wanted to learn how to play fake book style because I realized even though I was taught to read music the piano was not really easy for me now I could I could sight read a song in choir to sing it but it took me a long time to sight read piano music so if I wanted to play um, a hymn in church it was really hard for me to learn that hymn because I had to do it exactly like the hymn book they didn't want it to be any other way Mm -hmm. couldn't play in a different key or anything else 
So I asked the, my teacher if he could teach me um, how to do the, the chords. So I started learning how to do chord progressions and, you know, the circle of fifths and intervals. And um, I'm still learning. But I feel like because I didn't start playing the piano until I was an adult that I lost that on the ear training. So many of my musician p- friends play by ear. The people in my bands, um, they play by ear. And um, sometimes that's a, a struggle for me. Like they're, they're starting to jam, you know, they love to jam when they, when we get together and they just take off and I'm like, what key are you in? <laughs> can you give me a key or, you know, <laughs> so I can at least look up the chord progression and play along and it irks me, you know? So, um, I'm still learning. I'm still working on that. I'm getting better at it. Um, you don't have to be perfect to bring enjoyment to others. Um, but yeah, it would be probably best if you're young or you are, you have time to learn both that you do both learn how to read music and learn how to um, play by ear or at least learn how to do the um, read a chord chart really help you in songwriting as well as if you working with other musicians um, always copyright your music before sharing it on the internet it doesn't cost much and I say that because the world is evil and especially now when everything on the internet can be copied and um, stolen um, I think it's like 35 bucks to register it on the the Library of Congress. So, um, so those those are some of the things that I, I struggled with. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, and that's a good reminder. You know, those that are uh, wanting to share their music online, that's something I um, I didn't always do was copyright my music with the the Library of Congress, and and it's 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 yeah, it's not a hard process. There's even companies out there that will help you with it. Um, and I just got an email actually from a company this morning that offered to do copywriting for me. And, um, and there's even a way to like, uh, group your songs together and submit them as a combined work and save a little Mm -hmm. bit of money. And it's worth the effort, uh, for sure worth the effort. So it is, I, I think this is true for most of us, you know, you work outside, of your creative pursuits. Is that right? Um, I work in healthcare. That's my day job. Um, I, I worked in the pharmacy arena for many years. And then I transitioned from the, the pharmacy industry into um, healthcare behind the scenes, which is um, like insurance claims and prior authorizations. How do you stay active in your creativity? Um, what are maybe some tips that you would love to share with people on how to balance out and take the time to be creative? Well, it's, it's kind of hit and miss for me. I'll be honest with you guys. (laughs) Mentally, the pandemic has kicked my, my butt. Mm. So I don't, I don't have a whole lot more time to sing as I used to. I do sing in the car when I run errands or um, I go to uh, exercise, but I have this year decided to make my music a priority this year since I don't have 
the band that I can meet with all the time. It's like, well, how am I going to make music? Um, so I went out and bought this Juno DS synthesizer to make music without a band. I mean, this thing, it's right in front of me here. And it, it has all these bells and whistles on it that I haven't figured out how to use everything yet. Um, and the, the owner's manuals aren't that good. Um, I'm trying to watch the YouTube videos, but they kind of assume that you know certain things. So hopefully I can partner with a few people to write some more songs. I do need accountability in that because if, if I don't have somebody to say, okay, on this date, we're going to work on this, then um, it isn't going to get done. Life is just going to get in the way. And that's what I encourage people is to write it on the calendar. Hey, um, I'm going to work work on my song or I'm going to work on my my singing or I'm going to work on uh, my guitar, piano practice, put it on the calendar. Um, I just started looking for verses in the Bible to write about some new songs. Um, I was telling telling you before we got on here that I'm in Jeremiah right now on purpose because I think Jeremiah has a lot of nuggets um, with his life and what he went through, the weeping prophet. And so I'm really enjoying that. Um, I've decided to start uh, recording some new music and doing a new album this year because, as you know, to put any music on a podcast or YouTube, you have to either own the music or it's your music or you have to have... Um, paid for permission uh, licensing for that music so I picked the songs that I wanted to do and I had just um, this past week I got the licensing for the cover songs and I decided okay my blues song break these chains that's the song that I wrote in 2010 that's uh, my personal story of abuse, as well as a couple others. And that's a blues song. And a, a couple people have have told me that the, the song is a little too uppity. I mean, it's it's already published. It's, it's on my website. It's on YouTube. I've performed it. And people have said, well, you know, when I think of abuse victim and blues, your song sounds too happy. And... Um, so now that I have a blues band, because I, I previously I recorded that song with session musicians. In fact, they were in Australia. Isn't that funny? Wow. <laughs> they were in Australia. And so um, now that I have a blues band that um, and we can do stuff on the Internet that um, I decided, OK, we're going to um, we're going to do a little uh, remake of this song. So before we had the pandemic, we started playing around with the song. And so we put it in a lower key and we slowed the tempo down a little bit. I didn't change any of the lyrics at all because I, I was very adamant about that. Okay, I'll take, I'll take some constructive uh, feedback on my song, but that's my baby and these lyrics are staying. So they agreed that the lyrics were very powerful in that um um, so we had a rough recording of it and I thought, well, I can't really put that on the podcast because mm, it doesn't sound good and I'm a little off pitch and 
this guy over here wasn't on tempo and so i don't really want to record it and get it mastered and so my guitarist has already sent over his guitar licks and um, i've already decided what i'm going to do with the organ part i've got this new juno with these cool hammond b sounds on it and i'm playing with it and um, so i'm going to lay those tracks next and then um, I have uh, a harmonica player in my band, uh, Mike Dolly, and he's going to do um, he's going to do harmonica on there instead of um, the original has a um, uh, saxophone. <laughs> my brain is just fried here. You saxophone, know you blow into yeah. <laughs> and most, most people, you know, saxophone reminds you of jazz music, which. Uh, you know, yeah, I guess blues has some has some uh, saxophone in it, but um, I really want it to be bluesier sounding, and so um, I'm going to have um, have him play the uh, the harmonica, and then of course my husband is a drummer, and so he's doing the drums and the percussion, and so I'm really excited to get this this um, redone and and published and put out there and um then i'm gonna start working on the other song so very good uh, that's what i've been doing <laughs> it's exciting to that that's coming up so what is that song called that you're re- reworking break these chains break these chains well we will look forward to that and and i loved how you said you know you mentioned like um almost needing an accountability partner in your work or somebody to to almost come alongside and um I think that's, that's really important. And finding a community of people sometimes is uh, what that might look like. Or I know for me, when I got involved in Nashville Christian Songwriters, um, there's monthly challenges. And then there's song socials now once a month where we can submit work. And it almost, to me, you know, it gives me that deadline to work toward. And that's really helpful sometimes as creatives, mm-hmm. if we don't have a a deadline um there's nothing really to spur us on so i get that and uh, i'm yeah. excited for your year ahead too with your juno that sounds so fun so um, anybody out there that knows how to use this thing <laughs> please please email me contact me on that i need your help uh, i need a partner a juno partner i love it all right well um what would you say to someone uh that has the their desire to um, share their music as you do. Uh, sometimes people can be a little hesitant to share what they're writing. Mm, that's really common, especially when you're starting out. Um, and now you, now you have the internet. And so people can kind of feel intimidated by what they see out on the internet and maybe think, well, I'm not good enough, or I have to be like this other person. Well, I would have to say, my best advice is don't hide your gift. Find out what God has called you to do. Um, trust somebody to listen and critique your work. Don't don't be offended if you need some lessons or you need some spit and polish. You know, there's we're all starting somewhere. But be be humble and grateful for any feedback. Because that's the only way that we're going to grow as a musician or any kind of creative endeavor. It doesn't matter if you're an author or you do movies or theater, you're an actor. That's how we grow. 
all the great artists out there, they are great because it's a lot of work and they put the work in. It's not a quick process. It's not a, I'm going to get famous overnight process. So I would always say to work to improve your craft. Okay, take advantage of open mics in your community. They're very supportive. Uh, I know people are terrified of going out in in the world and putting it out there. Um, People don't know this about me. I have stage fright. I've had stage fright my whole life. Um, But you know what? Um, God's called me to share my gifts. And so I get up there and do it anyway. And part of getting over the stage fright is um, being very prepared, knowing your knowing yourself, knowing your value that you're giving to the audience, knowing your song inside and out, upside down, and, you know, just do it. Um, participate in local contests. They have a songwriting contest out there, or if they have a, a singing contest, a pageant of any kind, and that's the best way to get your foot in the door. Um, opportunities at church. That's how I got most of my experience under my belt was at church. Um, you know, most most schools have an arts program um, that you can, you know, try out for school plays, try out for, you know, the solo in the, in the choir. Um, they have festivals that if you have a band, um, you can you know, apply to play at a festival in your local area. Um, And people poo-poo this or kind of downplay it, but I was in the nursing home ministry for years. And some people think they're too good to go and play for nursing homes. But, you know, God has shown me that um, those, those folks so appreciated us coming every week and we had a preacher and then I would do the music and um, they just loved it. They soaked it up and they're, you know, their family doesn't visit them very much. And, and they love the old songs. They love reminiscing and they, they just, they just pour out their love and support. So that's a great transition. Um, Kids, kids, (laughs) you know, if you like children, you know, do songs with kids, in front of kids, fun, fun, fun songs. So, um, so I hope that, that those are good, good tips. Um, I know uh, you, Andrea, have um, a lot to say about that in, in your church community and, and people with your arts program that you do. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's really, it's good to, um that you mentioned all those different ways. I think sometimes we can pigeonhole, like if, if my involvement doesn't look this specific way, then I'm, I'm not, um, I'm not doing the right thing. If I'm not doing live concerts online, you know, online, or if I'm not doing uh, big venue concerts, uh, I'm doing something wrong, but mentioning mm-hmm. something as, as beautiful as uh, nursing home ministry or, um, hospital ministry. I know yes. the hospitals are kind of closed right now, but, um, you know, paying attention, like you said, paying attention to, um, 
you know, not only what you enjoy doing, whether it be with kids or, you know, and like my style of music is definitely very um, calming. And so I'm, I'm personally going to be pursuing playing for retirement communities uh, this spring and summer. I'm really looking forward to that because um, like you, I believe in the power of uh, the healing power of music and I can't wait to do that kind of stuff. So great suggestions. And uh, Diana, what would you say um, as, as you put work out and you share with others, what kind of impact do you pray it will have on those that partake of it? What do you hope that your work will um, do for the kingdom of God? You know, it's, that's pretty simple. I would have to say that I may never be famous and I don't care. <laughs> you know Maybe. what? You have to, you have to not look at what the world's standard of success is. Even in the Christian world, it's like, okay, Michael W. Smith, you know, if I don't, if I don't attain that level of um, being famous or, you know, my music's no good. That is so untrue. Um, I can strive to put out music of quality and excellence that reflects the glory of God. You know, I pray that my music changes lives and hearts of the Lord. You know, I can serve and change my little corner of the world. I don't have to um, live up to other people's expectation of what... Um, what my music is supposed to be, you know, you know, I put it, put my music on the podcast because, Hey, if I can encourage one person, if my music makes somebody's day or, you know, inspires them to make a change in their life, that is so worth it. And, you know, I like being able to go to the grocery store and not get mobbed by a bunch of people because, oh my goodness, look who it is. And, you know, now they want autographs and they, you know, they want you to sign their Bible or their whatever. Um, sign there's anything. Bible. I love it. <laughs> yeah. That's what they do it to preachers. It's like, wow. you know, see a famous preacher, they're like, you need to sign a Bible or, they, you know, you get mobbed wherever you go. Um, I'm a really private person and so I don't really have that desire to be uber famous but I do hope that the Lord's pleased with um, the music that I put out that he's he's given me and that I've used my gifts the best that I that I can mm -hmm. and I like how you said you know starting you know don't, don't focus on the world as much as focusing on the people right in your care, in, in your circle. And, you know, you, you minister to hearts directly through what you do uh, through mending the soul. And um, that's important work. It's, it's holy work. And I'm really glad that you're doing that for the kingdom of God as well. So, well, and I know you sent me an MP3 of a song that we will tag on to the end of this uh, episode here for everybody to listen to. Can you tell us a little bit about that song that we'll hear today? <laughs> yes. I thought that we would do a fun song today. Um, I'm, I'm not going to do my abuse song, Break These Chains, because as we talked about, I'm, I'm redoing it. But I thought, oh, I'm going to do a fun song that I think is applicable for today. 
uh, today's environment. It's called I'm Not Addicted to Facebook. It, it was inspired by a preacher friend of mine. He would always say, you need to get off Facebook and get your face in the book. And <laughs> because, you know, getting in trouble for being on Facebook in church. And so I did have a social media addiction when I did write this song. This was during uh, when social media addiction just started showing up in the world. Anyway, it's got a, a, a country flavor to it. It's uh, tongue in cheek. Um, my husband does the funny voices. Oh, that was does. him. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> my husband does cartoon voices really well. He's, um, so he does the voices. And so I really hope that you enjoy it. Uh, we had a lot of fun making this song. <laughs> I love it. That's fantastic. It'll be fun to end with that. And, and how can our listeners connect with you, Diana? Well, I have, um, of course, my podcast, um, which you can find on any of the platforms out there, you know, Apple Podcasts and Spotify and Google, uh, Stitcher, all of those. Um, my email is diana at dswministries.org. Uh, my social media is, uh, my Facebook is DSW Ministries, as well as Twitter, YouTube. As we mentioned, I'm, I'm on YouTube. My podcast is on YouTube. And I do have um, a bunch of videos. Some are are vintage, <laughs> um, but it, they still sound great. I enjoy enjoy watching them. So um, I'd like if if you guys would sign up for being on my email list. Um, that way you can get updates on uh, my new album that's coming out because I'm going to be doing concerts and giveaways and releasing the songs so i'll only send you emails if um there's something important to tell you so okay. connect with me there's a pop-up on my website dswministries.org um, so you can sign up for the email list there and you'll get a free song there's a code on there if you sign up for the email list you get a free song of your choice on my store all right. So. Yeah, we'll link all of that in our show notes as well. So everybody can connect with Diana through that. And we love to end all of our episodes with prayer. So if, uh, if I could pray for you and what you're doing uh, to kind of get us closed out here, that'd be great. Absolutely. All right, let's pray. Well, Father God, we thank you for this time to connect with Diana today and to hear more of her story and what you're doing in her life through her creative work as a songwriter. And Lord, we pray for her pursuits in the year to come here as she's learning, continuing to learn, um, and especially navigating, doing things differently than what she has done previously. Um, help her uh, to understand um, just the technical aspects of what she um, needs to work with now. And Lord, we pray for a community uh, to come alongside Diana and to um, 
encourage her forward as she um, continues to record and release her music. Um, Lord, we thank you, especially for the way that Diana um, seeks to help others heal. Thank you that she is a, a listening ear. Um, she is one that can say, I understand, um, and is someone who truly desires to see healing in the hearts of your people, Lord. We thank you for mending the soul and for what Diana is doing through her podcast and um, that you have gifted and called her into using her gifts and talents for your glory, Lord. And we just um, pray that the, the road ahead for her and her ministry work would be blessed. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Absolutely. And Diana, I love to end all of my episodes by asking you, what message of encouragement would you love to leave with our audience today? What do you believe um, God wants all of his creative children to know? I would say be true to yourself. You're not going to please everybody out there. God created you for his purpose. And don't try to copy somebody else. We don't need another George Lucas. We don't need another Ariana Grande or Stan Lee. We need you. Amen. I love it. Thank you, Diana. So good to have you on today. It's been fun. I'm not addicted to Facebook. I can quit anytime I want. Drawn 
Thank you so much for listening today. To find all the links and resources that were mentioned in this episode, head over to our website at theophanymedia.com forward slash DSW. Creatively Christian is a product of Theophany Media. You can find out more at theophanymedia.com. This show is hosted by Brandon Hollingsworth, Andrea Sandifer, Bill Brooks, and Lynn Baber. Our logo is by Bill Brooks. Our music is by Bill Brooks and Andrea Sandifer. And remember, if you enjoy this podcast, be sure to rate, review, and share wherever you listen to podcasts. Have a blessed day and keep on creating for our Lord.